0: Well, good morning. It's great to have you for week two of From the Ground Up. So it's good to see all of you here on the campus. Those who are joining us online, welcome today. And if you're listening by podcast, we know however it is that you're hearing this message that you are going to be strengthened from today. And, uh, you know, for those of us who are here in service, who's believing for a breakthrough or a miracle? Who's believing for God to show up somewhere in your life? Amen. Well, I am too. And you know, this is the truth. In order for us to receive a miracle, there are some very foundational things we have to understand about God. Because if you don't even know that God is good and you don't really believe it, you don't think he's going to do a miracle for you. If you don't think that you're worthy to receive from him, then you're not going to feel like you can even ask for a miracle, right? So tonight or today, we're going to start the second week of building from the ground up, building from the ground up. You know, the, when we start out playing baseball or basketball or whether we dance or played an instrument, we don't start out, you know, doing the major things. We start out learning the very basics. We don't learn to hit grand slams until we understand we have to keep our eye on the ball. And actually, if we never learn to keep on, our eye on the ball, it is just a one in a kajillion chance that we'll ever even hit it, Right? But when we learn the basics of keeping our eye on the ball and we learn the mechanics and the basics of whether it's sports or music, then we can learn to progress in those areas. And it's the people that become more skillful at the basics that are the people that begin to master things, right? And if you're in a team sports setting, the people that become more skillful with the basics are the teams that win. And we saw here one of the best first basemen, whatever year that was of the World Series, neglected to do the basic of an infielder when a grounder is hit, neglected to put his glove wear in the dirt all the way on the ground, and as a result, they lost, got pummeled by their enemy. You know, it's the same for us in our Christian life. If we don't understand basics, foundational basics, about some things about who God is and who we are, and what he says in his word about you and about your future and about your family. If we don't understand those things, then we can lose out in areas in our life. And then as Christians, we're like, I don't understand why this isn't working. I don't understand. They're, they're saying that, you know, we can do all these things through Christ and that we're winners, and but I'm failing in my life. And you know, if a kid never learned to keep their eye on the ball and they struck out every time, they would feel like they're failing as a hitter, Right? Now, you don't have to raise your hand, but have any of you ever felt like, I don't know that I'm doing this right. I, I feel like I'm failing. We all have. But the Holy Spirit wants to show us some things. You see, when we say yes to Jesus and Jesus comes into our life, immediately we're transformed on the inside. Immediately he takes us from darkness to light. Immediately we go from going to hell to going to heaven. Immediately we're saved. That happens on the inside. That's our spirit. But we have this outside person to deal with. We have our thoughts. We have our feelings, our emotions. We have our belief system that we've built up. We have all of our opinions about, you know, that we've caught along the way somewhere that we have to deal with and make sure that we are understanding basic doctrinal things according to the word of God. You know, you can't build your life from the ground up based on popular cultural opinion. You can't build your life from the ground up based on your own experience of hurts and disappointments. You can't build your life from the ground up just on what your mama said, unless your mom's a word-believing Bible-toting lady. You have to look at the Word of God. It is the only thing that you can build your life with from the ground up. So whether you're new to Christianity, whether you've been following Jesus for a long time, I believe God is going to help us examine some things this morning. And um, last week, we looked at two very crucial points. If you weren't here last week, it'd be great for you to go back and listen to that. We learned that we're 100% family. That's a basic thing. We learned that God is good. That's a basic thing, and it seems like that's kind of understood if you're sitting in church. There are so many people who are so confused about whether God is good or whether he's bad, if he's good all the time or good sometime. If he's bad sometime, if he's just waiting to zap us. They're confused. And the Bible is where we have to build our belief system. So today I wanted to start looking at Ephesians chapter 1, verse 5. The New Living Translation says this, God decided in advance to adopt us into his own family by bringing us to himself through Jesus Christ. This is what he wanted to do. It's what he wanted to do, and it gave him good pleasure. It was God's choice to adopt us. You now the Bible the, the Webster definition of adoption is this to take by choice into a relationship, to take voluntarily as one's own child. You know, last week, they're going to scroll through some pictures that we showed last week. I talked a little bit about my personal family. I have a sister and a brother-in-law who, by choice, chose to make a home for the homeless. By choice, they adopted two amazing kids. And we learned last week that, by choice, they did that. And as a result, these kids' reality is so far different than what it was. So far different than what it was. By choice, they stirred up love you know, to to create a home for them. By choice, they paid a significant price with processes and money and all kinds of things to be able to adopt them. And from a legal standpoint, because of their choice, from a legal standpoint, no one can ever take them out of their family. By a legal standpoint, they have the name, they have the room, they have the bikes, they go to the refrigerator. We talked about all those things this last week. By choice, It was their choice. And just like that, it was the Father's plan by choice to choose you. Now, sometimes we just kind of ride over that, and if you've been a Christian very long, we're like, oh, yeah, we're all children of God, and it seems warm and fuzzy. But the fact that the one who makes planets for a living that could have easily recreated anybody else to love him, he by choice... Paid a significant price to go after you and go after me because he wanted you by choice. It's his choice. Nothing we did. It's his choice. It's his choice. He's not obligated to do it. He wanted to do it. He wanted to, to have you as part of his family. And so last week we talked about this, but you know, we had so much feedback last week about the truth that God adopted us. And what that means. And so I really felt the Spirit of God this week tell me, you know what, instead of moving on, I want you to break down just a little bit further some of the truths that we, that we kind of started to establish. So we're going to go through just a few scriptures today so that you can actually not just get this information in your head that God wants to adopt you, that he has adopted you, but actually look at the truth of scripture and let it settle in your heart what god has done and let it settle in your heart who you are because if you don't know according to the bible who you are then you're not going to win in life you're going to always try and hit the ball and whiff and wonder why why isn't the ball going anywhere there are things we have to know so we're going to quickly go through about 5 or 6 scriptures and then we're going to talk a little bit more as we break this down the first thing that we're going to talk about is I'm 100% his child. Number one, I'm 100% his child. Galatians 4, 6, and 7, the message translation says, you can tell for sure that you are now fully adopted as his own children because God sent the spirit of his son into our lives. God made it plain, you are not a slave. You are his child, and if you're a child, you're an heir with complete access to his inheritance. You're not part family. You're not a distant cousin. You're not just somewhere out there. You are his child. You're his child. And for those of you who are parents, that should really hit us and cause us to understand the depth of what this is talking about. You're fully his child with full access to everything that he has. He lacks nothing. In fact, he can create something out of nothing. So if you need a miracle, Guess who can create something out of nothing? Your dad, your father. You have complete access to all he is and everything that he has. The second point this morning is that you and I now live life from a different place. We live we live life from a different place. So what does that mean? Ephesians 2 says this, immense in mercy and with an incredible love, he embraced us. He took our sin-dead lives and made us alive in Christ. He did all this on his own with no help from us. Catch this. Then he picked us up from wherever we were and set us down in the highest heaven in company with Jesus, our Messiah. Now God has us where he wants us with all the time in this world and the next to shower grace and kindness upon us in Christ Jesus. Saving us was all his idea. It's all his work. All we have to do is trust him enough to let him do it. All you and I have to do is trust him enough to let him open up his goodness to us to open up every good thing. Just like my sweet little niece was literally picked up out of Central America, flown on a plane into her home in Ohio. Completely different culture, completely different reality, completely different privilege, completely different advantage. That's what Christ does for us. The Father in Christ does that for us. He took us out of that dead, sin life, no matter how good you may have thought it was, no matter how horrible you thought it was. He picked us up out of that and put us in a completely different position with completely different privileges, with completely different access, with a completely different future. We're not even on the same Galaxy, as we were in Christ Jesus. Now you may think, well, I live in the exact same house and I have the same pillow and I used to drive the same car. But foundationally, what we need to know as believers is we've been placed in a completely different position. A position where we can walk up to our daddy and ask him for what we need. A position where we can, and I'm getting ahead of myself, we're going to read these scriptures, that we can walk with the authority of his name. And walk the good plan that he has for our life. He picked us up, completely different access, completely different perspective. My niece doesn't live in Central America in an orphanage anymore, she lives in a good house in the United States of America. Now, in our limited understanding, we understand wow, okay, I can see that difference. That's just a taste of what God has done for us completely different access completely different vantage point number three is that you and I have a place at his table we talked about this last week just as a quick example but we actually have a seat a place setting a name tag at his table song of Solomon 2 4 says he brought me to his banquet hall and raised over me the banner of love raised the banner of love over me We get to take, see, a seat at the table indicates privilege. We're not just digging for scraps. But a lot of us in our Christian life feel like we are. Feel like we're still figuring it out on our own, barely able to ask for anything, not sure what's going on, not sure if we should ask or not. But having a seat at the table is a place of privilege. It's a place of privilege to be in his presence and to eat his good stuff. We're no longer having... We don't have to be hungry for love. We don't have to be hungry for significance. If there's anything that all of us chase after in life, especially in this culture, it is significance. You don't have to hunger and chase after it. You have a seat at the significant table. You don't have to chase after healing and wholeness and chase after these things to try and figure out where they are and try and find them and work them into your life, you're seated at the table. You just grab what you'd like. You just eat from the master's table. It's a completely different place. Fourth thing is that you've been given a key to the kingdom. You've been given keys. God gave you keys. Matthew 16, verse 19 says that, I will give you the keys, the authority of the kingdom of heaven and whatever you bind whatever you forbid declare to be improper and unlawful on earth will have already been bound in heaven whatever you loose whatever you permit declare lawful on earth will have already been loosed in heaven just like our son Grant now has access to the keys of our car he can go and take our car he can drive it when he wants to whatever he determines if he wants if he goes to Kroger he can go to Kroger if he go you know just put gas in it right if he goes to Kroger if he wants to go to his friend's house he has access he has keys he's not he no longer has to sit down and say dad can you take me to xyz he can actually take the keys and drive himself there well that's what God has given you in Christ Jesus you're not just sitting back just waiting for God to dump something on you no you've been given the keys you've been given authority over life over the things that are trying to come against you you have authority and you can walk in the authority of your fathers because you have his keys you have access to everything that he has You've been given keys to the strategy and the wisdom of the good life. Now, if you would ask Christians in America, are you living the good life? Half of them don't even know that they can live a good life. Some of them think, no, I mean, there are some good things, but I just can't wait to get to heaven. Well, heaven's going to be great, don't get me wrong but God has given you keys so that you can open up the door of strategy and wisdom and goodness to live the good life here. That's part of the rescue plan for the rest of the world. You see when we actually live the good life, people look at us and go how how do you do that? What is different about you? And we can say it's my father, he's so good. But when we live with an understanding that God just wants us to be crushed down and humble, he does want us to walk in humility, but we have to live this humble, beggarly life. Nobody wants to live a hungry, beggarly life. That doesn't exalt God in any way. He wants us to walk in authority and to walk in his goodness and to share his goodness with everybody that we come in contact with so that they'll connect to the Father too. The fifth thing is that I have the privilege for asking God for anything that I need. Anything that I need. Matthew 7 says this, ask and it'll be given to you. Seek and you'll find and knock and it will be opened. We don't have to wonder, like, God, is it ever going to show up? Am I ever going to receive this? Is it ever going to happen? I know breakthrough's coming. (laughs) By faith, By the authority God's given me, I am expecting a miracle. We can ask and seek and knock. And actually, verse 9 goes on to say, Do you know of any parent who would give his hungry child who asks for food a plate of rocks instead? Or when he asks for a fish, what parent would offer his child a snake instead? If you, imperfect as you are, know how to lovingly take care of your own children and give them what's best, how much more... How much more ready is your heavenly Father to give us wonderful things to those who ask of him? It's a basic. We talked a little bit about this last week, but it's a basic for us to understand that God is only good. That when we ask God for a better job and money to bless our family, he's not gonna give us a snake. Oh well, must have been a blessing in disguise. Snakes aren't blessings. But how many of us just caught these weird opinions along the way that we just think God just gives us bad stuff and we can't really ask him for much and we'll just have to figure it out and our life really doesn't change much we have to build our life remembering from the ground up who our father is The reason that we're going into these scriptures this week is so you can take these scriptures and actually start working them into your life. So when you are in need of something and you're trying to figure it out and you're seeking something and the thought comes, well, I don't know, maybe that's asking too much of God. The scripture can rise up in your heart and go, no, ask. And God will give you what you ask for. Seek it out and you're gonna find it. If you just knock, God I don't understand this. I know that there are answers. Show me. Oh, a flood will come. For real. And he'll be good to you. Number six this is the last scripture before we move on today is that I have access to everything God has. Luke 12 says this it is your Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom his good pleasure. He loves it. He loves it. You know how many things could give God pleasure? Think about all he's done, what he's created, everything on the earth. But what gives him pleasure is for you and I to walk in his goodness. What gives him pleasure is to actually be able to be a good father to you that's what gives him great pleasure now maybe it's the first time that you've heard all of these things about God has actually put you in a different position maybe you've never even heard that before sure we've heard the truth if we ask Jesus in our heart we're saved and that's the starting point but see what happens is Jesus when we ask Christ to come into our life we walk into the salvation moment but what happens is he opens the door to his entire kingdom And the rest of our life is actually enjoying and walking in and discovering all of God's goodness. But most people that get saved, they walk into the door of salvation, and that's just where they stand. And they still stand hungry, and they still stand dirty, and they still stand not knowing what to do. There's this whole big kingdom that he's opened up to us. And you know, God doesn't want us just to hear it with our ears he wants to he wants us to take it and embrace it and start building our life on it and start functioning in life like all of this is true because it is it is and it, it and when we build our life on this kind of foundation then we start functioning differently my niece doesn't act like she's an orphanage in Central America because she's not anymore She's been picked up from where she was and brought to a completely different position. You know, that she acts just like every other sixth grade girl in America. Why? Because that's her new perspective. She's no longer dealing with a perspective of having no one, having nothing, living in a, a poverty place. She doesn't deal with that perspective anymore why because she's been given a different position just like that it was God's choice to make you his just like that it was God's choice to sit you at his table just like that it was God's choice to give you access to give you keys to give you everything so that we can operate from a completely different place you've been adopted I've been adopted you know it was my sister's choice to welcome her kids, my brother-in-law, it was their choice to welcome them into their family. It was their choice to take them from being a lonely, disadvantaged perspective, and to completely move them from a diff- to a different position. And you know, in doing that, we can agree that my sister, my brother-in-law, they opened up everything about their life to their new kids. They opened up everything—everything everything about who they are, all their love, all their thinking, all their belief system. They opened up their everything. Everything they are, everything they have has been opened up to them. But you know that this is the point I want us to get today is that while my niece and my nephew are living right in the middle of all of that goodness, of not only just a comfortable needs met house, but the pool and the play set and the vacations and the good house, and they're living right in the middle of all of that, do you know that if they're at school playing on the playground, that a stinking bully could come up to them and could say, well, that's not your real family. They don't really love you. They don't really want you. And that lie can be planted in their head. And do you know that that lie can start to go to work? Because what a lie does is a lie doesn't just hit our brain. It tries to hit our emotions. It tries to, ta- to tackle our significance. A lie starts to try and weave itself into our belief system. A lie will try and get to the deepest part of who we are so that we build our life from the ground up believing a lie. And we've all dealt with lies, haven't we? We've all dealt with lies. But can you see that in the middle of this amazing reality that my niece and nephew now have, They can choose to believe a lie. And they can choose to think, well, I'm not really loved. And they can choose to actually, instead of enjoying every privilege, to go, you know, I don't think I deserve this. I don't think they really love me. And they can actually, in their self, back off from all the good things that God is laying out for them they can choose to believe a lie and miss out on all the love, all the joy, all the fun, all the celebration. And truthfully, if they believe it long enough, and they when they get older, they can walk away and completely walk away from all of their inheritance. Because my sister and my brother-in-law's inheritance will go to them. So they can walk away from it all by just believing a lie. Now as we lean into God's word today, I not only want us just to hear about the goodness of God, but I want the Holy Spirit to help us do a little bit of work, and search our own heart and our belief system, and 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 ask God, is there a lie that I've been believing about God? Is there a lie that I've believing I've been believing about who I am? Because you know the enemy, all he knows what to, the only thing he knows to do is to lie, because if he can lie and twist the truth even just a little bit and cause you to believe the lie. He knows that that then you're going to whiff the ball every time because you don't have substantial truth to stand on. You won't really truly maybe believe that you're completely forgiven, that God doesn't keep one thing that you've done in your past to your record, and that you're completely free from shame, and you don't have to live under shame one more day. The enemy doesn't want you to know that, and he'll come and whisper a lie. Well, you don't deserve God's love because you've done this. You know, actually... I could ask you this morning to make a list. And I can say, I want you to make a list of all the things that if you did any of those things, God would want nothing to do with you. And you could make a list this morning. And on your list, you might have cheating people. But you can't really put that on your list because Jesus befriended the tax collectors who cheated people. You could put committing adultery. But David did that. You could put murder but David did that. You could put uh, denying Christ, but Peter did that. You could put all kinds of things on this list, but do you know that there is only one thing you could put on your list that would cause God to not be able to have anything to do with you? The one thing that you could put on your list is that you would not allow God to love you because this is the truth he looks past all of the stuff actually he did that he looked past the sin of the entire world when he sent Jesus he looked past your sin he looked past my sin and he sent Jesus it was nothing we did on our own but do you see how sneaky lies are they can come in and convince you that if you do any of these things that you aren't worthy of God's love or that God won't love you If you or I just believe a lie about God or believe a lie about what he says about us, then we will never walk into the goodness that he has for us. We will never be able to live this good life. But God doesn't want you to believe a lie. He doesn't want you to believe a lie. Believing a lie keeps God not from loving us because God loves the world, but God can't make you love him. And he can't make me love him. And really, there are people in this room and people all over the planet that are confused about whether or not they can allow God to love them. Maybe they've heard somewhere along the way that God isn't only good. Maybe they've heard somewhere along the way, whether it was a whispered lie from the enemy or something some preacher said somewhere that wasn't exactly Bible, um, that if you do this, that you're unlovable or that you can never come back and there you can never, you can never really, really get the Father's love or you have to live this, just barely get by life until you make it to heaven. But this is the truth. You and I, we've got to let God love us. We've got to freely look at the word and go God I want to open up everything about who I am and find out who you are because if I believe a lie it's not going to be any different for me believing a lie even though God maps out this whole amazing reality for us believing a lie we're going to be over here still alone still lonely still in shame still broken needing healing needing goodness But if we believe a lie, we're going to stay in this place of never being healed, never being set free, never being really transported to a different position. Oh, it's available to all of us. If we say yes to Jesus, God does the work immediately. Immediately we're brought into his kingdom. Immediately we're brought into his family. Immediately we have a seat at his table. But how many of us really function that way? How many of us really allow God to love us the way he wants to love us. You know, as a parent, I think probably the saddest thing, and if you have kids, you'd probably agree with this, probably the saddest thing I can imagine is that our kids would somewhere believe a lie that we don't love them. And somewhere along the way, they'd believe a lie that we don't want the best for them. And somewhere along the the way, there would be this breach in our relationship Now, in our humanness, it could very well be because parenting, we did something wrong or we said something, you know, and we needed to make that right. But God's never done anything wrong. And he's always loved us. But somewhere are we believing a lie. So this morning, I want to ask you, are there any lies that you're entertaining right now that you might not even realize? We've all done it. We've all entertained the lies. Lies have tried to make their way into all of our thoughts, into all of our emotions. Lies have had to, they've tried to put a hit on our significance. And when we believe a lie and we're driven by some lie somewhere along the way, all we do is run fast and run hard and think we have to do it on our own. But God says, it's nothing that you did. It's because he loved us. Because he loved us, he's brought us up put us in a completely different position, given us a different privilege, different vantage point, given us different authority, given us a different plan for our life, given us a different future. It's all there. We just have to take it and walk in it. Truthfully, you and I just have to be willing to do the work that it takes to take the physical Bible, the Word of God, the scriptures we shared this morning. We have to be willing to take the take the time to read those scriptures and say, is this really what I believe? Is this really how I'm functioning? Am I functioning like I have access to everything God has? Am I really functioning like I have a seat at his table? Do I really believe this? And chances are that all of us are going to find something in just the scriptures I share today that were like Well, I can't say that I don't believe it, but I'm certainly not living like it. I'm certainly not letting that truth come in and help me build my life and my family from the ground up. But that's The work of building. Like I said, God does the miracle work, but we have the responsibility to build our lives. And I'm telling you, our lives could be on such a different dimension and such uh, way more freedom, way more goodness, way more expectation. If we just took the six simple scriptures today and we really started building our lives on those truths, God wants you to let him love you. He wants you to open up your life. But see, when we believe a lie, that's when we kind of go to God with like a protected posture. And we say, God, like, I feel like I can give you my like eternal part of my life. Like, yeah, I want to go to heaven. I don't want to go to hell. I know that. I'll give you the eternal part of my life. But not sure I can trust you with like my like everything about my life. When we believe a lie about God, that's when we start piecing out our life and saying, well, God, you know, I'll I'll give you this part, but this part, this pain, this part that I've had to deal with in my life, I I got it. I, I don't want to trust you with it. But let me encourage you this morning. Let God love you. Let God heal you. Let God give you all the stuff that you need for your life, for your past, for your future, for your family, for your business, for, for God, God desires so much that we would just walk in the truth of what he's done and walk in the truth of who he says you are, who he says I am, so he can love us, right? So he can love us. You know, as we close today, talking about building our life from the ground up, I think all of us know enough to know that if the foundation of a house is crooked or crumbling or sideways if the foundation is messed up then the whole rest of the house is vulnerable as believers if the foundation of what we believe about god and what we believe about us is sideways if it's missing bricks if it's crooked then our life is going to be vulnerable. Our life is going to be open to whiffing the ball and not hitting it when we need to, not seeing the home run. And that's when things happen. Like we said at the beginning, we're we looking and we go, why aren't things working? I don't understand. Most things that happen in life to believers are because the Bible says we're either ignorant or that we um, are not believing truth. So maybe you've never heard the truth, which would mean that we're ignorant. It's not like a, a total like diss on you, but there's there's stuff in the Bible all of us have not seen yet, right? So we can walk in a measure of ignorance and not really know. But the other part is that we've heard it, but there's a lie that's trying to uh, rule in our belief system. That's not letting us open ourselves up to God. So this morning, maybe light bulbs are coming on for you. And you realize, I've been living way outside of the advantages and the perspective and the position where God has placed me. I encourage you to make that adjustment. Do the work it takes to take, start with a scripture, whatever lie that you're believing. If you're still walking in shame or you're still walking in the fact that God, that you're not lovable, somewhere along the way you caught that, like you're not worthy, you're not lovable, you're not significant. Just take one scripture and let it speak to your heart. And the way that we do work is that we don't just read it once. We actually read it and we feed on it. And we like let it change our thinking. I encourage you, if, if you realize that you're not living in the functioning in the way that you heard truth this morning, then do the work. Repair some foundation. Repair some bricks in your belief system. And maybe you're here and you say, you know what? I, I'm not even connected to God. I don't, I don't even know. I don't even have a foundation. I'm distant from God. The truth is, as long as you believe a lie about God or a lie about yourself, you're going to be some way distanced from God. But God wants you to come close this morning. He wants to make a difference in your life. He wants to take you from your life, wherever you are right now, whatever you've battled in your past, whatever you've battled in in the reality that you're living in now, He wants to take you, pick you up out of that, and put you at a different position this morning. So as we close our eyes this morning and we bow our heads, I'm just going to ask if you're in here today and you're saying, you know, I want to make a connection to God. I want to receive Christ in my life. I just want you very quickly to just raise your hand. We're going to pray all together in just a minute. But if that's you this morning, if that spoke to your heart, you said, yes, I want to receive Jesus as my savior this morning. You can raise your hand. Thank you. Online, you as well. This is for you. The word of God is going right through the Technology right to your heart. So if this morning, if you're saying, I want to make a connection to Jesus, make that decision today. Second thing I want to ask right now is if if you're in here and you say, you know what? I've heard the truth today and I can see how I am not living to the full advantage and and the full function that God has provided for me. I want you to just raise your hand right now. Yep, it's pretty much all of us, I think. I'm not living in the place that God has placed me. All right, thank you. You can put your hands down. Well, the first thing I'm going to do is I'm going to pray for those of us who need to walk in a more full measure, become more skillful at believing some things, and then Pastor Tom's going to come up and lead us through the prayer salvation. But Father, I just thank you for the truth of your word today. And Father, I thank you that all of us in this place, God, are examining some of the foundations, some of the bricks in our belief system, in our lives, about you and about who you say we are and about our future. Father, I just pray that your spirit would do a work. The Holy Spirit, you don't overwhelm us when you begin to show us things. You just gently show us one thing at a time. And as we take that one thing and we start to let it do a work in our heart, we become more and more free and our life gets better and better. So Holy Spirit, I just pray that you would become a close friend as we ask you this week, show me, God, what am I not believing? What am I, what am I misbelieving about you that your spirit's gonna help us? Father, I just pray a blessing on everyone here, and I thank you that we're loved by you and that we walk in the fullness of what you've provided for us in the name of Jesus. Amen.
1: Aren't you thankful for the word today? Yeah. I know I am. So good. So good. So many things I'm reminded of as I listen to that word. of greater uh, fullness that I can walk in. The blessings of God. The goodness of God. And He's made it available for us. God has done, really honestly, God's done all the hard work. We just need to step into what He's created for us and walk it in a greater way. And one of those things is salvation. And if you raised your hand today and you said, I recognize I'm distant in my relationship with God. I need to draw closer to God. Or maybe I need to establish that relationship with God. I just want to cheer you on. Because this is the beginning of the good life. This is the beginning of the amazing life. Things begin to change from here on. If you'll align your life to the word and do the things that Pastor Kathy talked about today, it's just brighter and brighter, better and better, stronger and stronger from here on. Doesn't mean you won't face things. It just means you never have to face them alone ever again. You get to face them now with wisdom, options, opportunities, grace, power in your life. That's available to every one of us. So we're gonna pray together right now. I'm gonna ask you just to stand with me. We're gonna pray this prayer of salvation together. If you raised your hand a second ago, just believe this with all of your heart when you pray this. Just say this after me. Just say, Jesus, I recognize my need for you. And beyond need, I desire you in my life. I'm asking you to, by your grace, forgive me for thinking I could do it on my own, for living separate from you. But receive me. Once again, into your family, lead me, help me to experience all you have for me and to share that good news with my world. Thank you for changing my life forever. Amen. Come on, somebody give Jesus.